0: Welcome to today's episode on life in the front office. I'm your host Jake Hirschman here with my co-host and Pat Gallagher and extremely excited for our guest today and Eric Burns. Uh, you've known him from MLB Network, obviously his playing days on the field and an incredible career in Major League Baseball. At one point had his own TV show and quite uh, quite a few other accomplishments. So Eric, we'll get to it, but I'm going to kick it to Pat to uh, introduce us and, and get us started. So if you're if you live in the bay
1: area which some of our our listeners do um you know this is where eric grew up he started here he made a name for himself in high school if there was ever a player you know when even when he was you know in high school if somebody would say who's a guy that you know that sort of plays like his hair's on fire Er eric burns's name would be somewhere in the top list and stuff so you know he went on to he went on to to, um, to UCLA. Actually, he's in the UCLA Hall of Fame, which is a great thing, and had a an incredible 11-year big league career. Which is, you know, Eric, I'm not sure if that was always your dream, but talk about making the most of it. You had a had an incredible career. I happened to be there the day I was with the Giants when uh, when you hit for the cycle in our ballpark, which was a great. It was uh, July 29, 2003, but but here's what we want to talk to you about is that there's a lot of athletes who who go through a career and that's sort of the highlight of their life that's not the case with you you had an incredible career that a lot of people you know envy but that's 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 sort of that's the big, that's what you did yesterday and what you're doing now is sort of more important that's really what we really want to talk about is and there's two things two things that you did that <laughs> that we really want to focus on. One of them is the Guinness Book of World Record in golf for, the, for consecutive holes. And the one that fascinates me is the Western States Endurance 100-mile run. How in the hell, talk about each one of those and why you did it.
2: Well, I mean, Pat, I think <laughs> you covered a lot right there. I mean, you know, I think going back um, uh, to my childhood, really, uh, you know, we're shaped By the influencers that we surround ourselves with. And I was fortunate enough to have a a mother that was an avid tennis player and a marathoner. And my dad was a fourth degree black belt in Kempo karate. And so, you know, of course, I grew up playing football, basketball, and baseball and just kind of walked to the beat of my own drum. Um, But one of the things that was instilled at a very young age is it was work ethic. Uh, figuring out, uh, having a goal, working towards that goal. And I think I, I always just loved the process. And I don't think I would have said that even when I was going through my big league career, because, you know, Pat, as you know, and Jake with all the golfing that you're around and what you see with these guys, it's like, you're so in the moment of doing what you have to do to prepare yourself for tomorrow that i think you lose sight of the enjoyment of the day to day activities and grind of what goes down and so for me when i got done playing there was a big question like you know always in my life it's been well, what's next and i got done and it was like okay i'm playing slow pitch beer league softball i'm surfing every day both fun things got got in the media world i really enjoyed it I uh, was working radio, KMBR, and uh, working for MLB Network, but there was this void, um, maybe you could call it physically, maybe you could call it mentally, that was gone, right? It, it, and and I had you know all these years of playing sports at such a crazy high competitive level now was reduced to... Just, you know, the slow pitch softball and the, in the, in the surfing. And i love, you know, love both of them. Right. Yeah. But then I had three friends introduce me to triathlon and there were three junior high school friends of mine that uh, basically dared me to go out and do a sprint triathlon. Uh, and I absolutely got my ass kicked. I almost drowned in the water. I was getting passed by 16 year old girls on the bike because I know that because you can have, you see their age on their calf um i i ran a couple miles like basically collapsed over the finish line and i looked at every one of my friends i you know they all they all crushed me i said hey look i said thank you that was the greatest experience one of the greatest experiences of my life and i said that is the last time any one of you will ever beat me it's on and the next day i went out i bought a triathlon bike uh I, I hired a swim coach frank stole down in scottsdale arizona he's been a huge endurance mentor of mine through the years uh in 11 months later i did my first iron man in a process um over the next however many years i did 12 Ironmans, transition into the ultra running uh and the ultra running's like next level mental stimulation because You're out there uh, for so many hours, just on foot alone, your own thoughts, um, very meditative uh, experience. And I fell in love with it. And that led to uh, doing the Western States 100 for most who don't know, it's like the Super Bowl of ultra running, Uh, had an incredible experience there. Uh, And then, you know, Jake, you'll find this funny, but you know, the, the golf thing started when Uh, there was a group of professional speed golfers. They knew that I had played baseball. They knew I golfed a little bit, but most importantly, they knew I was an ultra runner and they invited me to play 12 hours of consecutive golf. And you see how many holes you can play in those 12 hours. And I didn't really know what to expect. I I had no idea how good I was going to be at this. I did know that Carl Meltzer, uh, AKA the speed goat is a professional ultra runner. He held the Guinness Book of World Records at like 237 holes, I think. Maybe it was 235. Um, And then there was a – then I think there was a a New Zealander that beat it. Uh, But both of these records were set at this golf course that I was going to play in Napa. And so as I trained for this thing, you know, I'm doing the math on like how many holes I think I can play. And I'm like, uh, you know, I was hoping for 200. (laughs) <laughs> and then I, I actually duffed the shot. I was at Sharon Heights on number 10. It was a Monday, course is closed. And I'm on like my fourth round of the day because it's the only time you could play speed golf is when no one's on the course. So I duffed a shot at number 10 and I was pissed off. So I stood up like this and ran up the ball to it. And I hit it one-handed and I flushed it and I stuck it about a foot from the pin. And I walked up and I tapped it in and I'm like, wait, hold on a second. What if I don't have to stop when I hit the ball? So the next round I played, I teed off on number one and my fastest round to that point was 46 minutes. And I teed off and then after I teed off, I would just hit one handed until the ball would get on the green. And then I put put it in, you use a blade of the the club. and I played that last round in 41 minutes. And so from that point, I'm like, holy shit. I actually got a shot at this thing when I started doing some math. And, you know, long story longer here, I went out and uh, played 245 holes of, of golf in 12 hours um, to set what would be the quote unquote unofficial Guinness Book of World Records because Guinness wasn't there to. Uh, verify it although it was a sanctioned event so it's that's what's recognized as the world record right now and then a year later to drum up support for the let them play foundation which is the foundation my wife and I uh, started um, all about kids and youth activity and getting them outside and the idea of stimulating the body to stimulate the mind uh, handing out we've handed out all sorts of hundreds of thousands of dollars of grants to youth activity organizations but we're trying to come up with an idea of like hey how can we how can we do something that could bring some noise to this? So we, we actually decided to go after the 47 year old Guinness book of world records uh, that was set by a guy named Ian Colson in Australia, who played, he played 402 holes, I believe, or maybe it was 401. Um, and 24 hours, is a, it's a little bit of a different animal. Um, you know, it, it involved running 106 miles, um, obviously you you play through the night and uh but was able to go out there and and with guinness officially there you know sanctioning it and everything else a guy with the jacket and falling around uh the entire time we had to have four golf four pga golf professionals at all times um basically they rotated through every six actually we had six that had to rotate through every four hours um and ended up playing 420 holes and set a new guinness book of world records and raised most importantly raised a ton of money for the foundation and were able to give out these grants
1: so do you get like a trophy or anything what what, what do they give you for that
2: yeah you get a um you get a big plaque you know like one of those frame thing and the certificate and they not, even like,
0: not even a new club i mean shoot you probably needed a new club after that or a new pair of shoes i mean something
2: no i mean I, I had it so i used a women's eight iron um you know a lot of people ask like you know what club you use and whatever but it, it was the women's eight iron with the concept and idea was because it's, it's lighter right and so you're swinging all these hacks all day um and then it was also whippy too and so if you close the club face down when you hit it i i could hit it 200 plus yards so that was uh that was the club of choice. And no, oh, I mean, that's, that thing's retired in a case downstairs right next to the Guinness plaque. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I never, I, didn't grow, I, I guess if we grow up, like we, we all see the Guinness book world record book, right. We're like, Hey, one day I want to do that. And, you know, I, I think again, like that kind of went out the wayside when I started playing professional baseball, but Pat, this goes back kind of your original, you know, thoughts or questions or whatever is just like, Look, man, you know, I think the one thing I've done a really good job with is is never really identifying myself um, with with one thing. Uh, And, you know, I think life's, you know, meant to be lived in several different chapters. And and as much as I love baseball and as great as it was, um, I think one of the reasons why I was able to walk away when I did was because I had a a vision of, of the next chapter. I had a vision of doing something else with my life. And it it wasn't necessarily like I knew what that was gonna be, Um, but it obviously involved it to this broadcasting and and ultra endurance sports world. But
1: but Eric, you also grow up as a person. I mean, you're, you're a father now, you've got kids, you're a role model. I mean, they're paying attention to what you're doing. So the things that you think are important are maybe different than they were you know, 10 years ago when, you know, you didn't have that aspect of your life. So, um, it's, uh, you know, I can imagine being one of Eric Burns's kids. Um, if any of them ever complain about, uh, hey, uh, you know, I don't really want to do that. I think you are got to be all over them.
2: Yeah, you know, I think the best thing we can do, Pat, is, is, is lead by example. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, what we do uh, bears a lot more weight uh, than what we say. And, and so I've always tried to lead from out front. I've always tried to, um, you know, embody my philosophy uh, on life that was, again, instilled in me at a very young age from from my mom and my dad. Um, we have a, a daily hustle board that's that's downstairs here and It has a list of activities that they're supposed to do every single day and includes running a mile, 50 dopamine jumps, we call them, uh, 50 sit-ups, 50 push, like all all these, like some physical things, three daily gratitudes. Uh, I I think that's a big one. Um, you know, I think so often in life, like, like as a kid, you get caught up in the the day-to-day routine of just being a kid and living and this and this and like every now and again, we all got to feel the air pass through our nostrils and, and realize, you know, even through, say, a difficult time like now, realize you know, all the things that we have to be grateful for. Um, yeah, those are all those are all things that you know I, I, I expect out of my kids. Uh, they're not perfect. They, they don't do them every day. Uh, it can be frustrating at times. They've, they've had uh, technologies taken away because of it. I think sometimes they can probably get annoyed with, um, you know, maybe my parenting style. But but at the same time, I mean, th- these were things that uh, sh- helped shape me into the person that that I've become. And um, you know, I I want to do my best now at this point where I think we still have a, a pretty strong influence, uh, just to get them thinking on, on the same path and, and realizing that nothing in life is going to be given to us, and everything. That we ever get in life, it, it must be earned and, it, and it's earned through work. Um, and so to instill that work ethic in them, uh, responsibility in them at a young age, I, I think is, is critical.
0: Eric, you, you mentioned kind of the multiple parts to your life, right? The, the, the different aspects of it. And really, the same goes for anyone who has a career, right? It's so different. You just had a different job than maybe uh, some others, right? You happen to get to play baseball for, you know, a living, right? But at the same time, you had to make this transition, right? From one thing to another. And there's, you know, you mentioned kind of the the meditative side of running and, and the things that you did. There's a huge mental aspect to making that transition, being passionate or having purpose behind it. You know, some of the things that you just touched on for someone who's listening, whether they're trying to, go from outside of sports into sports or in sports to outside of sports. What are the things that they kind of have to just think about, ask themselves, understand in order to make that transition successful?
2: Well, I I think the biggest thing is that you have to be willing to be a rookie. And and what happens as we get older in life, um, we become scared uh, because we feel like we become incredibly vulnerable, and we do, uh, when we try something new. And so, you know, all of the transitions, so to speak, that, that I've had in my life uh, have have scared me. And then that brings up the question is like, if it doesn't scare you, is it really worth doing? That's, something that i think about and so getting into the triathlon getting into the ultra running um it, it's frightening part of it was frightening like i didn't sw- i didn't grow up a swimmer i never ran more than four miles in my life and, and now I, I dive into this world where there's no easy transition from baseball to, to ultra endurance sports either if anything i mean it's, it's a hindrance because you're carrying around all this extra muscle that you tried to build to play major league baseball and um that was uh you know i I think that's the thing is that is that you have to be willing to become comfortable with the uncomfortable but a lot of us aren't willing to go through that phase and you know it's i've heard this several times but um it's the start that stops us it's 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 as simple as that. And if you think about just even our days and how we go about them um, every single morning, it's it's never as hard as we think it is once we get going. And you know, just say running, for example, for me now, like it's not, I do look forward to it, but yeah, there's some days where it's like, man, it's, it's a little tougher to, to, to get going. And, but once we start putting... One foot in front of the other, which is just this crazy, awesome analogy for life. Uh, we we look back, we're like, man, why was I why was I so afraid to start? Like, look, this this isn't this isn't a big deal. This isn't hard. Um, so, you know, that's uh, it's just that's how I've always tried to live my life.
1: Hey, Eric. So let's talk about the uh, the no filter network um you got the you've already got the swag i want to know about the the actual thing what what do you hope to accomplish um and who are you trying to reach with the no filter network
2: yeah so pat this is um once again say something else that um that's that scares me um Ah. in 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 a beautiful way uh so when i i got done uh playing it was it was KNBR, it was uh, MLB Network, and I, I was at MLB Network, uh, officially still am, uh, but for you know almost 10 years, and a few years ago, we were sitting uh, in the office at MLB Network, and Gigi from our social media team comes in to the office, and we're about to go on air after the World Series game between the Cubs and the Indians, and she's like, hey, hey do you guys mind if I record you as you watch the World Series game? I'm like, yeah, you know, no big deal, whatever. And so she has a camera focused on us and we're watching the TVs and we're just kicking it like the three of us would put on a game and just watch a game together. And, you know, as the inning went on, we were dramatically talking about, oh, well, you see that the outfielder is like, he stepped back like this. And if he stood to the side, then he'd be able to come in and make that play. And they end up putting this thing up online and it probably did like 10 the hits of, of anything else. And all of a sudden, like some bells went off in my mind. And I thought that people don't want the standard broadcast anymore. Like people want real authentic talk uh, and, and content coming at them um, that provides a, a, a Totally unique perspective. It's an alternative broadcast. I am mean, the same way someone might not want to watch me. Well, they could just turn me off and, and watch somebody else in their in their reaction to you know what started as No Filter Network. Basically, started the the concept and idea was born um, by creating alternative broadcast uh, to to live content, be it games or a dog show or a political debate or whatever it is. And I think now you know, that we, we raised a bunch of money. Uh, my, my partner is actually, he's the former CEO of uh, High 5 Technologies. They just merged with dial, uh, Dialpad, uh, video conferencing was his thing. And, and when him and I were originally talking about it, my neighbor, our, our middle daughters, our best friends, but he asked me, um, he goes, have you ever thought, I know you're a broadcaster. He goes, but have you ever thought about, you know, having an alternative broadcast? And I'm like, all the time, yes. And so, so he's like, My my son, it would have his son to work for a basketball team up in Canada. He he didn't like the English broadcaster, so he watched it in French. These guys speak like three languages, so he watched it in French, but he's like, I don't really like the French broadcasters either. He's like, I just wish I had more options. Um, and so he actually went to his dad and he's like, he's like, Dad, you know, I, I think we should create something um just to sort of democratize the broadcast industry in a way. And and so that's how we look at it. We're like, you know, we 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 want to provide the user three things. You know, a, a voice uh, options, and then the third one is is what I think has a potential to make this thing work is that, um, you know, real 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 monetary compensation. A- and so so much content is out there, and it's free content, free you know this and that. And it's like, well, hey, look, we built this kick-ass technology on Adobe IO platform, we stream off WebRTC. we go zero latency, we can pull people in and out, make a complete interactive experience. In our minds, that's that's premium content. Um, we also have the theory, uh, an idea of, or taglines like anybody, anytime. So, you know, Pat, if I wanna sit down and watch a Giants game with you, I, I go to your no filter network channel and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, we're watching a Giants game together. And if I wanna knock, I'm gonna come into the broadcast, you pull me up and, and I'm gonna be able to ask a question um uh, you'd be happy to hear this but one of our uh our ambassadors is is will clark yay so yeah yeah man so so will yeah yeah newsler and i are going to do a show we're called deuces wild and uh it's going to be the two of us and i'm going to throw them some soft toss and we're going to have a blast with it and then uh, during the season Um, you know our concept and idea is is to get the thrill on the couch sitting at home in Louisiana uh, watching a ball game with 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 the Giants fans and 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 having having them come into the broadcast and whatnot and you know that it's so much of um so much of of content obviously especially on tv it's it's regulated you say one wrong thing as a broadcaster you're, you're either suspended or fired um you know it's language, uh, fortunately is not going to be an issue at no filter network. We have, we have no rules and restrictions other than, other than no hate speech, right. That, yeah. you know, nothing derogatory, no hate speech. And, um, other than that, it's, 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 it's free game. And I think authenticity is one of the greatest things that, that any of us, uh, you know, could ever possess as a, as a person. Um, and so when you think about as a broadcast caster or content creator, like what you guys are doing now even, it's like, you just you just wanna be authentic. And that, that's what resonates with people. And so that's, that's what we're going for.
1: So there's no pancake makeup or anything on this deal, right, Eric? I mean, none of that stuff, uh, you know, if you're on MLB, you're on the MLB network, don't they come up with a big thing and smack you in the face?
2: Oh, I'll be, yeah beyond that but i i mean obviously i need it the closer i get to the camera the no you know, no, the no, no 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 it's showing
1: it's authentic it's it's what you're looking for but you know what and i i'm sort of a glasses half full guy too is that this pandemic that we've all been going through is 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 terrible and we don't know but maybe one of the positive things about the pandemic is it's sort of it's sort of in a way sort of forcing us to begin to look at new ways to reach people and new ways to develop content and things that we might not have considered before. So, I hey, I I consider you a pioneer um, in this and um, it's okay to be scared about it because that's what's going to keep you getting up and saying, I want to be as good as I can be in this and I want people uh, to, to, to be with us. I mean, it's for the same reason you know 25 years ago guys would pay five grand to go be in a fantasy camp with baseball players in arizona i mean it's a a different sort of an immersive experience but but there's it really is a new frontier here so that's what you're what you're doing so we'll pay attention
2: yeah yeah. thanks pat like it's it's really it's really cool um you know i i don't think that i think we're at the forefront of, of the broadcast revolution to be honest and and I, I, I just believe that, you know, people want personal, interactive uh, content that that really resonates with them. You know, and it's just it, it's become so infiltrated uh, with 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 so much crap out there, and it and it's just like you know what, and it and it is in a lot of ways I'll say it's, it's become. The more you think it's becoming personal, and like social media and everything else, it's becoming less personal. Right. And it's it's like it's not it, it it's not it's not hit me. And then on top of that, you have all these different platforms that really have done a good job in. I'm not sure if exploiting is the right word, but let's let's just say taking advantage of other people using their platform. And then them figuring out a way to monetize it while leaving the creator sort of in the dark, trying to figure out. Wait, hold on a second. You know, I'm delivering this content, content, content. Yet, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I got my agent banging the phones to try to get a fifty dollar ad from such and such, and it's (laughs) like, I, you know, and it just, I just think the the model um, of this. Um, and it's just starting but before even a monetary thing just starting with the personalization of, of content. Like that's what people want. Like I, I, I want to feel, you know, for a, a while ago, the news outlet even did it where, you know, it was like this, that everything was national and this and this, and then now, you know, what, the internet first kind of came around and was rolling. You could get your local news. Right. And so even if you were, I was in New York, I could still read the, the sporting arena in the morning if I wanted to um and so almost like you think of it think of it like that but if i'm if i'm sitting down and i'm watching a game or or uh, who knows i could be watching a, a political debate um and, and i have options to watch with, with with people uh wow okay yeah i mean i think that's pretty cool and then you know if you think about us as human beings like we're social social animals like we're, we're creatures that we like to interact like this is mentally stimulating to have a conversation with you guys like this is that's important and so when you able to deliver that um you know and, and there's two things the last thing and then we'll, i'll get off this but the two things that I, I tell our ambassadors i said you know first and foremost i thought what value are you going to be able to bring to the platform right what what sort what is it that you're going to bring that somebody is going to want to pay for and that, that becomes a really big question because instead of just, all right, I'm going to click go, like I'm going on Instagram live and go play grab-ass, start thinking about you know, how you could positively enhance that viewer's experience. And once, once you answer that question, it's a lot easier than you think actually, right? But at the same time, it puts you on point to become as efficient and effective as possible and and really just create this this overwhelming cool experience.
0: I mean, you couldn't have said that any better. And obviously, there's there's so many aspects to this, but it, it even goes back to your playing days, where you you know every there's forty thousand people coming to a stadium to watch you play, right? But at the end of the day, you're just like everyone else, right? We're all we're all people, uh, and we all have personalities, and we all want to be authentic, and we all want to get along. And it's how do you bring that to life? Right. Because there's more than, you know, just Eric Burns on the field. There's all the things that you're doing off the field, your foundation, this, that, whatever. Right. And, and there's different ways in which other fans could connect with you. Right. They might, they may not even care about baseball, but now they know that you've got a foundation and you're into triathlons. And now they're really interested in who you are and and how to connect with you. Right. And so there's so many different, you know, avenues um pat I, I think we wrap this episode up with some rapid fire because you know Eric, eric's pretty good at that himself right so you know I, the first question i want to ask before we get to the rapid fire going back to the golf you had to have played with one ball right the entire time no no
2: no <laughs> no i i we you know what's funny because we for a while we went through um for a while it was tamed right it was it was let's just say so I played 23 and a half rounds and we were averaging about like maybe one lost ball around uh, the new PGA rules also helped because if you lost a ball, you were not, you're now allowed to drop and take a two stroke penalty. So obviously I wasn't going for a score and I wasn't going back to hit my ball. Um, but I, you know, again, like I, I had a PGA pro certified pro by me the entire time to make sure they, they, they had to, keep sure count all the strokes and and make sure I played uh played the right way and then when we got into the night Jake it was funny man like we, we used glow in the dark balls right and so at night it actually kind of became a pain in the ass because if I hit a ball left say I pull it left into the fescue and it's gone then what would happen is I go in there kind of glance around Dude, I I it's gone. I all right, cool. You come over here, drop it, let's go. And at night, you hit the ball into the same crap, and guess what? The ball's glowing. I gotta go into the fescue, and it's like whack, whack, <laughs> whack. Try to get the ball out of there. And the funny thing was, I didn't notice it. I didn't notice it at all when I played it. Never hurt. Uh, I actually shredded. My all, all the ligaments and, and muscles in my in th- this forearm. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And, I, and, it, and it was from, I'm convinced it, it wasn't from the one handed shots or anything else. I, I'm convinced it was from all the times where I had to whack as hard as I can out of the fescue to try to get the glow in the dark ball out of it.
0: <laughs> That's too funny. No, I, I mean, you know, you think about just playing glow in the dark golf as it is, and then to actually run after it, not knowing what's in that fescue either, right? You can't really see what's in the fescue. Uh, You're just hoping there's nothing. Um, All right, real quick, let's get to the rapid fire. Okay, okay, Eric, so um,
1: real real quick, what's the best thing about being a Major League Baseball player and the worst thing about being a Major League Baseball player?
2: The best thing about being a Major League Baseball player was competing – at the absolute highest level knowing that you were at the pinnacle um the worst thing about being a major league baseball player probably the uh can't think of it. no no there's nothing bad about it and and you know what i was gonna say I was going to say like the constant pressure to perform and this and that, but at the same time, like, that's what, that's what made me like that, that as difficult as it was in, in, in as, as heartbreaking as as some of the things and experiences that I went through word through the course of my career, like, those are the thing, those are the things that in experiences that, that allowed me to become the person I am and and, and take a lot of the, all these lessons that I learned there and, and implement them into other aspects of my life. So yeah, I'll, I'll have to take a pass on that one.
0: Okay. Fair enough. It was, if there was a position that you didn't play, I mean, obviously you played outfield, right. But position that you really wanted to play, what would it be?
2: I, I, you know what? I'd probably say catcher. I, I, I loved catching. I caught in high school um, just because we didn't have a catcher my senior year and, and I didn't really have a position. And it was like third base outfield. I played a little middle infield, but um you know, there's something about looking at the entire field and, and, and being that guy. Uh, obviously the, the pitch sequencing with, with the pitcher, the, being the captain of the field, like that's, yeah, I, I would have enjoyed that.
1: So Eric, one of the things, I mean, I, I've I've been in the game for a long time, 40 years, and a, a long enough to see some guys come in, guys have a career and guys go out. I mean, Willie Mays couldn't do it forever. Will Clark couldn't do it forever, but I think the the the, the thing that's so great, and I, I'll give you a compliment here, is that there's a lot of guys who in their early 30s who don't can't play anymore, and that's sort of the most important thing they ever did in their whole life. And you sort of catch up with them later on, and they sort of either have major regrets or they're they, you know they get angry, whatever. But I think what you're what you're showing is that you can reinvent yourself and you can it's okay to be afraid it's okay to uh, whether you're you know you're going into a you're, you're going to become a salesperson or you're going to do something that um that you'd never done before what you're showing them is you, you you can you can conquer that fear and um that's a great gift
2: eric a great gift thanks pat I, yeah i think the biggest thing is like huh, i t- I tell my kids this all the time, uh, you know, as, as, as we all age here, right? And, and it's like, I don't, I don't want to be twenty four again. I don't want to be thirty four. I don't want to be fourteen. I, I like, I, I'm, I'm a forty four year old grown ass man, and, and I'm going through a, a, a stage in my life where I get to experience. Like, and that's the greatest thing about aging because we get to experience these different these different levels um, and different experiences in our life as, as we age. And I think the biggest thing, and just like I told you, like, I just, I want to be the best version of myself for where I'm at. Right. That like, that's all that matters. So, you know, Pat, Hey man, you're 70. Like, like this is an awesome Think about the knowledge and the wisdom that you've been able to accumulate over the years, the perspective that you're able to take. And you know just the fact that, you know, you're still charging and doing this with Jake and, 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 and influencing the next generation. Like you're, you, guys are, you guys are in a cool spot, man. Like you guys are in a, in a, in a spot where you have a, a very good opportunity to, to use what you guys have done you know, in the past um, and divulge that knowledge while still experiencing new things for yourself. So you know, that, I, I just think that's, a, that's the biggest thing. And, and you, know, you never let what you do define who you are as a person that's because it's it's not it's you know we're all going to do some cool stuff or we're going to do some stuff that you know maybe isn't so cool or just whatever but it's uh it's the character right you know the john wouldn't be more concerned with your character uh, than your reputation um you know reputations who other people think you are and your characters it, it's true you are and nobody and i I to tell you you know both of you guys like all the shit i had to put up with over the years of you know having people and and their outside perspective um and i think one of the greatest things that baseball ever did for me uh by far and away was i was able to develop this this thick skin and and, and become less concerned with, with with outside uh perspective and, and really you know it, it because you know if you live your life um, in the most authentic way possible, if you live your life with the idea and concept of ex- of accumulating experiences, accumulating that knowledge and wisdom that I talk about, and then ideally passing that on, that that's that's it. So that's what, that's what that's what life's about.
0: I feel like we could just end the episode right there, no. but we can't because we started it with what's about what's next, right? So, Eric, last question for you: What's next for Eric Burns? I mean, what what is on that list Is It is it you know, Mount Everest. I mean, what, what, what are we talking about here?
2: Well, I, you know, I, I think right now um, there's two things that, that I'm doing in my life that really I've, I've gone all in on. Um, you know, the first one is, is the no filter venture. Um, and it's, it's been such an awesome process building, building this out. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing a real soft launch December 1st. Uh, at some point, we're going to full send this thing. Uh, but that's been, that's been awesome. It's taken up a lot of my time. The other one is, is coaching. And I took over, uh, we created a, a, a travel baseball team called Let Them Play. Um, and I, we're now an 11-U team. My kid just turned nine, so he's playing a couple years up. Uh, he's definitely challenged. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't have him do it unless he can hold his own. He absolutely loves it. Um, and I think I might love coaching more than he loves playing and, and, it, and it's been, um, it's been such a, such a really cool experience. The whole, obviously COVID situation has derailed things tournament wise, at least in the state of California, but it's also allowed us to uh, go out to Arizona a couple times. We went out to Texas, uh, played two different tournaments out there. We're going to Vegas this weekend. Um, and I'd never thought that I would love coaching this much, never in my life. So those are kind of the two main things uh, as far as, you know, endurance wise, I, I get my 10 plus miles in a day right now running. And I, I've always used that as like, and this is, it's almost something like for all of us to think about because, you know, ideally you want that next venture, whatever whatever it be, right? And racing got shut down and, and I was supposed to go do this Ultraman Triathlon, which is basically like a double Ironman, got shut down as soon as covid started and i was all trained up for it but i think there's a there's a simple standard that we could all do and and so for running for example for me it's like if i get at least if i get my 10 in a day like i know at that point whatever it is whatever that next thing i decide to do physically i'm I'm ready to i'm ready to go i at least start the, the the specific training towards whatever that goal would be um but you know, for right now, it's just, you know, every, every single morning, whether it's hitting the trails, uh, you know, out here, uh, hitting the treadmill, um, it, 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 it therapeutically gets my mind right to allow me to, to literally capitalize, um, on every other aspect of my life. And it, it starts with that, that daily routine of, of get my running.
0: Eric, can't thank you enough. Um, really enjoyed the conversation, Pat. Great co-host as always, and uh, we'll definitely look to have you on again in the in the near future.
2: Well, what we're gonna do? I'm getting you guys on no filter. You guys are meant for this. It's 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 perfect platform for I think what you guys create and. Um, you know, to be able to, to spread the, the knowledge and wisdom, uh, to, to have that opportunity, man, we, we, we'd love, we'd love to have you on the no filter platform.